0: It's just
1: part part of the ambiance yeah. of these podcasts. <laughs> I think people have come to expect it, actually.
0: Yeah.
1: Welcome to checking out the competition, Edmonton Oilers. It has been a very, very long time since we have done a Canadian team. I, god, like two years it has to have oh, been ours. Be something like that. Something like two years, but um. We are lucky enough to be joined by Preston Hodgkinson. Did I say that right? I'm terrible yes, name. Yes, he did. Nailed yes, it. Did. Uh, from Copper and Blue, the Edmonton Oilers site on the ESPN Network. Preston, how are you doing? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good, thank you. Um, Preston and I both have cats bothering us <laughs> during this <laughs> podcast. It's a very
0: yelling or purring. It's yeah, it might cats. be a very
1: cat-heavy episode of checking out the competition, but that's okay. Um, so the first thing I wanted to ask you Preston since it's been so long since we have seen the Edmonton Oilers um have there been any big additions or subtractions over the last season or summer that you think are notable that we should know about
0: oh yeah for sure this team has been uh, completely rehauled since the last time the Oilers and the Flyers um went to the ice against each other and I think most of the notable ones happened on the back end the Oilers um Obviously, they lost Oscar Clefbaum, their bear defenseman, to uh, a shoulder injury, and he's been on the LTIR for the last few seasons. So that's a big loss for the Oilers. We also um, lost um, Adam Larson to the Seattle Kraken, who is one of our, if not our best defensive defenseman, and uh, we haven't really found anyone to replace him on the back end there. So it's a uh, it's a little bit of a a strange situation on. Um, how we're gonna be a really good defensive team because we also lost Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones. So I um, know mm-hmm. we need to replace them. We got um, guys who are not really well known for their defensive ability and Duncan Keith, uh, Tyson Berry and you know Cody Ceci can be a good defenseman, but usually in a sheltered role, but we're playing him on the second pairing and it's, a, it's, it's something for sure. And then, um, <laughs> Up front, um, the forward group has also had a, a lot of changes since the Flyers and Oilers met. Um, I think one of the most notable ones is Jesse Puliarvi returning from Finland and absolutely realizing his potential. He's been fantastic for the Oilers through the first five games of the season. And um, getting Zach Hyman in the offseason has done wonders. He's gotten five goals in five games, and he's just allowed the Oilers to have a lot more options up front and be able to um, separate uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Settle onto separate lines. And I feel like I'm talking a lot here, but there's been so many changes to the Oilers. They also have a brand new third line with Derek Ryan and Warren Fogel being online with Zach Cassian. And that line has done fantastically for the Oilers, which is something the team has lacked in recent years. They actually have some depth scoring up front. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty transformative few years for this team. And uh, we finally have some forward depth, but our defense is kind of lacking. And uh, hey, our goaltending, everyone had question marks around it, but it's done pretty good so far. Yeah. Who is the starting goaltender? Is it Mike Smith? Mm, yeah, I think Mike Smith, just on the merit of Dave Tippett being our coach. Dave Tippett is a huge Mike Smith fan, and uh, we'll probably <laughs> see him more often than not this season, despite him being, I believe he's 40 years old already. So,
1: is you know, he 40? I, I was one
0: of the, he's 40 years old oh, now, I believe. Damn. And, um, you know, a lot of Wither fans were a little skeptical, including myself. I didn't think it was a good idea to sign him to a two-year contract, uh, let alone one. We have him, I want him on maybe a one-year, but two years is a little bit much. Um, and then a lot of people were really down on Miko Koskinen at the end of the last season. He had a few bad games, but he's still a solid NHL goaltender. And with Mike Smith going down with an injury, um, he's played fantastic for us. He's 3-0, and he'll probably get the start against uh, the Flyers this Wednesday.
1: So one of my fears doing a podcast about the Edmonton Oilers is that the answer to every question is going to be either Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl, which if it is fair. Um, but right now the Oilers are one of the undefeated teams in the league um, and they haven't just been beating, you know, scrubby nobody teams. They beat the Golden Knights the other night. Um, so they're beating good teams. What is it that's going so right for the Oilers to start the season?
0: Yeah, so I think it's the the revamp forward group and actually having uh, forward depth. I know in years past here, year, it's been the karma David and Leon Drysaddle show, but when those guys are off the ice, well the other team just has a field day with our bottom six, because there's not much after those top two lines. But, but now we have a third line that can actually compete and, and establish some zone time and chip in on, on the offense as well. I think each player on that uh, third line has gotten at least one goal. And I know Zach Cassian has gotten off to a great start with three goals of its own. So it's nice to see carmick David and Leon Dreisel not having to do everything for the Oilers now. And then there's also the fact that the the special teams play from this team has been absolutely phenomenal. Our power play, I believe, is running at almost a 50% clip five games into the season. Now I know wow. that's not sustainable for the rest of the year, but with the talent you have on there, it almost seems like it's a free goal more often than not um just as an example when we started that game against the the vegas golden knights last week the knights were all over us to begin the game i got that early first goal and it looked like they had all the momentum we get the power play we get a goal and all of a sudden everything shifts into our favor so it's a it's the special teams and having that forward depth and you know goalies are doing well uh, good as well so that doesn't hurt as well
1: doesn't really bode well for the Flyers. The Flyers have been taking a lot of very silly, undisciplined penalties so far this season. Yeah. So that might, I mean, again, Connor McDavid, like he's kind of like, I mean, like a better Ovechkin at this point. Like when you have him on your power play, the idea oh, yeah. that you're not going to score a goal is kind of like.
0: You're probably gonna score yeah, a goal. well, I, I think if we're, we're going to give the Ovechkin comparison, anyone on that power play, I think I have to look at Leon Drysettle. He has an ah. absolute fantastic one timer on that power play, and I'm, I'm surprised that he gets it as often as he as he can because uh, it's become almost a patented move for move for him on that power play. So,
1: are he and McDavid on the both on the same unit for the power play? Oh yeah,
0: our, our yeah, power play yeah. is loaded up. We have uh, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, um, Zach Hyman. Uh, cycles in with Puli and then um, I believe it's Tyson Berry has the the power played quarterback position. But I suspect we'll be seeing Evan Bouchard there more or more, more likely sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, it's kind of unfair.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fun for Oiler fans, so I can tell you that. I much.
1: would imagine that it is. Um, what has been? I know you said that the defense has been kind of the thin part of the team yeah so far this year is that if you had to point to a negative you know we're only like i think you guys have played five games
0: four games five games yeah we're we're at five and oh and uh we're gonna be playing six against the flyers so yeah um the defense has been a work in progress i think uh as good as holland was over the offseason addressing our forward depth i think it almost offsets itself when you look at how thin our defensive group is now you know, Evan Bouchard has done fantastic through his first five games of the season, and he's he's even been able to uh, usurp Tyson Berry on that top pairing and um, play with Darnell Nurse as a on the top on the top pairing more often than not now, which is I think positive. But you know, losing guys like Larson and Bear and Jones mm-hmm. and and replacing them with guys that don't really bring the same thing as that trio, it's hurt the team for sure. And I think we've seen probably. More goals against than we should probably have with this team, but it's just the 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 nature of things, right? When you downgrade yeah. your defense, um, you're going to be it, you, when you downgrade your defense to upgrade your forward group, you're going to be scoring a lot more goals, but you're going to be letting in a lot more goals as well. And I think that's exactly what we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, it seems like that's always been the thing with the Oilers. Yeah, like the defense has always been the problem. They've always had the super exciting scores, even before they got McDavid. Um, but yeah, I guess, I don't know why your GMs don't do defense. I'm
0: not sure about that either. I've been cheering for this team since I was six years old and now I'm 22 and I don't think they've ever had a really good defensive group. We were close. I mean, last season, um, or when Oscar Clefbaum was healthy and we had Larson, Nurse, Bear, bunch of these guys coming up i was like okay now we got something and all those guys are gone so uh uh, it's it's unfortunate but hey the offensive power we have seems to be uh masking a lot of the mistakes so i don't know how sustainable that is throughout an entire season playoffs but uh i guess we'll find out
1: is there a player that we might not know about since you know it's been so long there's probably a lot of players we don't know about on the Oilers at this mm-hmm. point but is there someone in particular whose name we might not recognize that we should keep an eye on in this game
0: yeah for sure um I feel like everyone knows Jesse Puliarvi. he's uh, just a guy that everyone I talk to just absolutely loves him so he might not be the guy I, I put for someone you might not know but I just want to say he's been very good for the Oilers um early on in this season um I think looking at a guy like Evan Bouchard, um, he's, he's, a, he's a good defensive prospect, um, so maybe a lot of people know of him, but he's really taken a step forward in his development. Uh, he was in the press box for most of last year, um, much to the concern of myself. I thought he should be playing above a bunch of other guys, but he stepped right in and has done fantastic. He can move the puck out of his end. He has a fantastic shot from the point. Um, his defensive game, it still needs some work, but as a 22-year-old, he's... He's as good as you'd like a, a young player like him to be in his own end. So he's someone that uh, I think um, a lot of Flyer fans should uh, keep an eye on when we uh, go to battle on, uh, on Wednesday.
1: Who is it that's the top pair?
0: The top pairing no. is Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard. And that's a okay. rather new top pairing. It, to start the first four games of the season, it was uh, Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry. But Berry has gotten off to a really poor start, and Bouchard has uh, taken his spot up on that top pairing.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what else can we talk about? But <laughs> it's, it's so hard early in the season. I say this like for the first month of the season, I say this I feel like on every podcast. It's just so hard when there's not a lot of sample size for anybody, particularly yeah. with a team that we haven't seen in 2 years. How did you like playing nothing but Canadian teams last season was that fun it seems like it would have been fun
0: yeah no I I, I really liked it I thought it was a fun idea and probably the safest way that the NHL could have gone about things last year it, it got a little tiring as the season yeah. wore on and I was like oh I guess we're watching Vancouver and Edmonton again for the 10th <laughs> time this year so that was a little monotonous but you know yeah. we got good matchups out of it we got more battle of Alberta's the games against the Leafs are always fun when it's McDavid versus his hometown. And, you know, we got to see teams that we don't usually see uh, a lot in the year, like like the Ottawa's, the Toronto's, and the Montreal. So it's kind of cool to be able to, to see the Oilers stack up against other Canadian teams. But I'm definitely very happy that we're able to play American teams again because I, I, I just love seeing the entire league instead of just one little division, right?
1: Yeah, it did get a little old. <laughs> Seeing the yeah. same
0: teams over and over again after
1: a little while. In the beginning, it was kind of fun. I was like, "This yeah. is cool. Like, we're all going to hate each other so much. It's going to be a lot of fun." <laughs> and then, like, you know, three quarters away through the season, it's like, "All right, I don't want to watch another."
0: Yeah, I I did like the the way we had like the baseball type matchups. I thought that was kind of neat, but uh, I think I just I like the regular NHL schedule yeah. a lot yeah.
1: better. So on Broad Street Hockey Radio, we've been talking a little bit about how. The Western Conference right now, this version of the NHL, the Western Conference seems to be the weaker of the two. Um, the Pacific Division, in particular, doesn't seem that strong. Obviously, it's super early, um, but like for me, as someone who doesn't watch a ton of Western Conference hockey, it seems like Vegas, Edmonton, because even with the you know deficiencies on defense you know connor mcdavid is probably going to drag you into the playoffs no matter what happens (laughs) and then after that i have no idea what's going to happen is there any team apart from vegas in the pacific that you worry about uh i don't know that's
0: a a tough question i don't think there really is the 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 pacific division is really up for the grabs Uh, it's edmonton's division to lose is what i'm trying to say with them Vegas getting off to such a poor start and struggling with injuries, they are, I believe, at the bottom of the division. And you know, it's it is early, so that could probably that will probably um, not be the case as we enter the stretch down in um, January, February, March, April, and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I think that's the top two teams in this division mm-hmm. far and away. And I think the real um, interesting part will be who sneaks in as that third seed to to um, get into the playoffs here because I don't believe we'll have any wildcard teams in the Pacific. It's just that poor. Um, I look at a team like Calgary, who I think is not bad on paper, but just hasn't been able to put it together. And yeah. then uh, Vancouver as well, they're, they had a pretty good playoff run a year or two ago, and uh, they could also push for that. But other than that, Seattle has struggled out the gate. Um, we have the once- feared California road trip is now a bunch of bottom dwellers and the Ducks, Kings and and Sharks, mm-hmm. so I don't see them doing much uh, uh, to make the playoffs as well, so I think it's Edmonton's division to lose I think Vegas will definitely rebound and make it into that second spot and maybe challenge the others down the stretch for the top of the division, and then it's really up to Calgary and Vancouver I think for that third spot, but you're, you're definitely right the, the Pacific division is a very poor division outside mm-hmm. of the top two teams I think
1: Calgary is going to have a tough time after they trade Johnny Goudreau to the Flyers at the deadline. <laughs> I'm I'm manifesting no, I, that. I'm so. <laughs> so
0: convinced. I've I've been thinking this for years. Even if he doesn't get traded to the Flyers, I think he signs with the Flyers at the end of this uh, contract, I think, which is up at the end of the year. So yeah. I think Goudreau uh, will be going to the Flyers. Here's hoping.
1: Seattle's so interesting. So many of the models seem to think that Seattle's going to be a good team. I... As someone who does not crunch any numbers ever, I don't look at that roster and see yeah. a team that's it's, going to
0: compete at all. The, but The thing with Seattle I saw was that they had good goaltending, like Rubauer and yeah. uh, dreger is a, is a fantastic duo. It's better than what the Oilers have, and we're an established team, right? It's better than what a lot of teams have. And then their um their defensive group is also very good. They poached Larson from us, who is a fantastic defensive defenseman they um, got Vince Dunn. Um, I'm blanking on the other names, but I know it's a pretty solid core of defensive guys they got there. The problem that they have is that I don't think they have enough offensive firepower to really compete with the big guns of their division, right? They don't have mm-hmm. that the, that Connor McDavid or that Mark Stone or, or that offensive depth to really push them over the top into the playoffs. And, you know, despite it being a poor division, maybe they do get better as the year goes on and challenge for that third spot, but I just don't think they're going to, not enough teams made enough mistakes this time around. You know, yeah. if you look at the Vegas roster when they when they got the expansion draft, and they had, oh my God, they had Marcia so for free. They got Riley Smith for free. Um, William Carlson got a 40 goal season that came out of nowhere. Yeah. So he's just not enough of those guys for them to really get over the top like Vegas uh, like, like Vegas did back then.
1: The last thing that I'm going to ask you is the last thing that I ask everybody that does these. This is your first time, so you don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make you give me a final score prediction for this game.
0: Oh boy, uh, you have a lot to I, go on. I, I It'll giving, be a very hate, educated guess. <laughs> I hate giving uh, these predictions because the others are rolling. So I know everyone in in who's listening to this is going to hate me for saying it, but I think um, I do think it will be a really good game. I think the Flyers are probably the. The hardest team we've run into so far i know you said we beat vegas but you know vegas has been struggling with a lot of injuries um and we really haven't faced a team that has had a really good power play which i believe is the case with um the flyers who have the second best power play other than ours so it will be interesting to see how that plays out during the game as well um i will give it a four two oilers win But I think that fourth goal will be an empty netter because Edmonton has been good at empty netters this year. So I think it will be close right down to the edge. But I think 4-2 is my my prediction. Okay, okay, I respect it. I
1: am hoping. So the last game the Flyers played was Saturday against the Panthers. And the Panthers, obviously, super good hockey team. The Flyers could have won that game had they stayed out of the box. They took seven penalties, and Mm -hmm. none of them were very good. They were stupid things that didn't have to happen. And they paid for it. I think if they hadn't taken so many penalties, they really had a shot to win that game. But they did, and they lost it. I'm hoping what happened there is they learned a lesson, and they'll stay out of the box in this game. Yeah, because that's going to be Yeah. So I'm going to... Stick to the positivity, and I'm going to say a Flyers. I'm going to say a 4-3 win. So, again, close, like very, very close. A lot of back and forth. I just Mm -hmm. can't. I think you guys are going to see Carter Hart, who has looked more like the old Carter Hart than he looks like last year's Carter Hart, which is good for us. Um, But he's going to have – he's going to face a lot of really good shots, and it's hard for me to imagine a scenario in which – that offense
0: doesn't score at yeah, least and like i said even if the flyers get out to a great start to stay out of that box because it seems to give them a taste of that power play and they capitalize it can shift the game just like it did in that Vegas game so yeah that's my advice to you guys don't take any penalties <laughs> don't let that power play see the the light of day and I, I think you might fare pretty well
1: all right preston this was outstanding thank you so much where can people find you
0: yeah, for sure. You can find me on Twitter at NHL Hodgkinson. Um, you can follow Copper and Blue at Copper and Blue on Twitter as well. Uh, if you don't, if you're interested in some other work that I do, I don't think you will because it's local sports. Um, I also write for the Saint Albert Gazette over here in Saint Albert, Alberta. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Such an accomplished <laughs> young man. You will love to see it. Thank you, <laughs> President. Thank you so much for joining us. This was really great. Hope everyone enjoys the game. I hope yeah, that I, yeah, I hope I'm able to stay awake for at least one period of a 10 p.m. start. <laughs> we'll see how
0: that goes. Yeah, those West Coast games must be tough for you guys.
1: Oh, uh, they drive me nuts.
0: But, you know,
1: <laughs> thankfully there aren't that many. Go Flyers!